Hi, welcome to Teen Tech Talks, where we interview tech industry leaders to learn about their jobs and get advice on how to pursue a career in technology. I'm your host, Toby Solomon. I'm a high schooler who wants to learn how to pursue a career in the technology industry. If you're like me and you want to demystify what it means to work in the tech field, this podcast is for you. I'm excited to introduce our guest for the day, Tiffany Luck. Tiffany is a vice president of GGV Capital, a global venture capital firm, where she focuses on investing in software companies. Earlier in her career, Tiffany was the director of business development at Lot 18, a startup focused on the wine industry, worked at Amazon as a product specialist on the advertising platform, and served as an investment banker at Morgan Stanley. She's truly a superstar who has a varied career, so there's lots to learn from her experiences. Without further ado, here's today's episode. Thank you for listening to Teen Tech Talks. If you like what you heard, please rate and review the podcast to help others find the show. We look forward to providing you with more episodes soon. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to Teen Tech Talks. Thank you for having me, Toby. (laughs) So, Tiffany, like lots of my listeners, I want to find out about how you got into venture capital. But before we do that, let's go back into the early parts of your career. So when you were at UVA, did you know what you wanted to do and how did you decide to get into tech? Good question. Let me think back all those years now. Um, No, I think, you know, as I thought about life after college and early career, um, my number one thing was actually finding someone who who was going to help with my kind of champion my career as a mentor, um, and so I actually interviewed for tons of different jobs in finance and media. I also knew I wanted to work in New York, so that kind of narrowed narrowed things a bit. Although obviously there are tons of job opportunities in New York at the time, um, so it started out uh, ended up going to Forbes.com, and the biggest thing for me there was. Two, one, obviously the person I worked for. So I worked for a guy named Mike Smith, who was an incredible mentor. And the second thing was just going to a place where I could learn a lot and have impact. And so given where Forbes.com was in its life cycle, really early, um, I'd say it was felt very startup-y back then. Um, you know, thought that I could learn a ton and actually um, make an impact to the organization. And did you get that job right out of college? I did, yes. First job. I actually, funny story... Um, started working 30 days before I graduated. Oh, wow. So I went to New York to interview, and it was like early May. I think I was due to graduate mid-May, or maybe it was April, mid-April, and I was due to graduate mid-May. And um, and so I, and they were like, Forbes like, congratulations, like, we'd love to give you an offer. When can you start? Um, I'm like, well, I don't graduate for a couple of weeks. They're like, can you start Monday? And I thought, can I start Monday? So I figured it out, and I actually... Uh, moved to New York and started working before I then I went back for graduation. Wow. Yep. <laughs> so you so you finished your senior year kind of remotely? Yeah. I mean, I was pretty much finished like with classes right. and exams. It was that weird, you know, few week period before um, graduation officially mm-hmm. was there. But um, yeah, I actually moved prior to graduation and, and then went back. What was it like to work in New York? You said right? Yeah. New York is awesome. Um, for anyone thinking about living in New York, it was kind of an incredible place to be, especially after college and, and you know, um, I think for your first few, there's just so much opportunity there and so many people to meet and so many things to learn. And so, um, you know, I'd say the biggest thing, I lived there actually in New York for um, almost nine years. 
and loved it. Um, a lot of energy there, a lot of different industries, a lot of, uh, a lot of people that I met um, through work. So love it, great, would recommend it highly. Great restaurants. <laughs> oh, that's good, because I'm a real foodie. <laughs> um, and so after Forbes, you got an MBA at Wharton, right? And um, what made you decide to go down that path? And is an MBA something that you would recommend for people who want to build a career in technology and potentially even venture capital? Sure. So um, I decided to get an MBA actually after having done a couple things. So I had um, a lot of like operational, I did Forbes and I had a couple of operational startup experiences. Um, then I started my own company and worked for Amazon. So had seen everything from companies super small uh, to my own to large like Amazon um, and loved the operational aspect of things, loved the problem solving piece. You know, every day was, I guess, even in all of those jobs, like kind of solving different problems, but at the very basic sense was, um, you know, always working toward an end goal. And when I thought about an MBA, really I thought about two things. Like the opportunity to me was, um, I, w I had always been interested in finance. And at, at the time, I thought the easiest way to get into um, investment banking was to go get an MBA, which was probably true. Um, and two, like wanted to spend some time kind of having a more global network and Warden had um, huge international student population and actually still a lot of my friends now live in uh, Germany and Egypt and Saudi Arabia, wow. uh, Poland, so um, got, a, got a great international network out of it. Um, and, you know, I think I would say in terms of recommending it, loved it. It was a great two years, really good use of, of two years. Um, but I don't think everyone needs it. And so I'd say like very dependent on what you want to get out of it. So if, if, if what you want to get out of it is network and kind of learning about things to, to figure out what to explore next, I think awesome opportunity. If you know what you want to do, um, there's probably ways to go ahead and go straight into that, you know, if that's, if that's your goal. So I would say, you know, my advice would be, don't go get an MBA just specifically to make some particular career advancement unless you absolutely need it. Um, you know, otherwise, like think of, you know, just think of it as how do I want to spend two years of my time? Cool. So um, after after Wharton, you worked at startups, right? And so one of them was called Lot 18, which was in the wine business. And so can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Um, what did you do for them? Why did it attract you? And what did you learn? Yes. Okay. This was uh, actually a really awesome place to be. Um, and it was really kind of sparked the interest, my, my early interest in, uh, and early exposure to VC. So uh, I was one of the first 10 employ employees at Lot 18. So Lot 18 was trying to reinvent the wine business. Um, and wine is actually pretty complicated in terms of how it gets shipped within the United States, just given all these laws that date back to prohibition. And so Lot 18, um, had kind of was figuring out a way to solve the distribution issue while also helping local kind of small business in many cases uh, wineries actually help market their wine to a mass audience across the U.S. wine lovers. And so uh, I met the team, really liked them, and joined as one of the the first ten employees. So I was uh, I led all of our customer acquisition. So how do I get more customers onto Lot 18? And then all of our um, uh, brand marketing and business development. So how do we strike partnerships with an Amazon or Starwood Hotels, things like that. So it was an incredible journey. We went from, when I was there, we went from 10 employees 
to 150 employees. Wow. We raised almost 50 million in venture capital um, from uh, NEA and Excel. Um, and so I really, you know, there got to see a lot about how companies scale. And so, you know, what things break along the way? What challenges do you have as you go from 10 people to 150 people? Um, you know, and as you're as you're getting more and more customers, and you have to market to all of those customers and um, serve all those customers. And so it was a really good like lesson, and um, I would say it was like customer acquisition boot camp all <laughs> really quickly. Um, and then you know that company uh, ended up having to it pivoted business models a bit, um, you know, and rethink. How how they were going to be um, operate you know how they were going to operate in the future, and so uh, at that time ended up leaving um, with uh, someone I worked with at Lot 18 actually, and we started our own business, um, uh, trying to do something similar for designer dog products. Yeah, so can you expand a little bit on starting a company? That seems like a huge undertaking. It was a huge undertaking. <laughs> um, I think there were. You know, a lot of things I learned from that, um, you know, a lot of things that went well and a lot of things that I now looking back would, would do differently. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing was, um, you know, kind of hiring a good team. So there were uh, there were three of us, the core members of the team, um, one co-founder, and then we hired a, um, an engineer and um, a designer. And, um, you know, it was, it really is one of those things, like, especially in the early days, like, everyone does everything. And so we got to a certain scale. Um, and then I think, you know, really, it's, it's really hard to, so it's hard to get something from zero to off the ground. Um, and then it's really hard to get something from off the ground to really big. And so, but amazing learning experience. Um, my co-founder ended up moving back to China and we, um, you know, we decided to, to, close the business, but um, operated for two years, so it was a really good learning experience. That sounds incredible. <laughs> so after that, you went from pretty small scale to a much more established, larger tech company, Amazon. And so what was that transition like? Yeah, so Amazon, um, it was actually ended up being, this was a very big positive that came out of my Lot 18 experience. So when I was at Lot 18, I had met the Amazon team because they were trying to figure out um, how to get people to buy uh, everything online, and right. including wine. And so they, we were talk, chatting with them about a partnership and um, had gotten really close to the team there. So when, um, you know, when I decided to leave Lot 18 and then, you know, moved to start my own company called Inubar, um, had stayed in close touch with the Amazon team. They were then building out a team in New York, so I went there, and it was awesome. Uh, I actually loved working at Amazon. I think of it as a, a big company, but made up of a lot of tiny companies. Right. So it really felt like every single team felt like a startup. Um, and so, you know, everyone, I always think of a startup as like, everyone comes to work with so much energy and like passion to do, kind of solve that problem of the day and, and move the company forward. Um, and so that was just, I also learned a lot of, I'd, I'd say a lot of like discipline there around, um, you know, Amazon's pretty well known for its like principles of operating. And so actually like, you know, how to get things done really efficiently and, um, you know, operate within a large organization. And for somebody who is um, potentially early in their um, career, would you recommend um, maybe going to work at one of these larger tech companies like Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon? 
So I think um, I I would definitely recommend that. I would also say, I don't know, I think small companies, I think it depends on what you're getting at, what you want to get out of it. So I think no matter where you go and work, um, just being really clear about what you're hoping to learn from that opportunity. Um, and actually like, you know, working with your mentor, like finding a mentor there or working with your, you know, direct manager um, and actually telling them what you're hoping to get out of the experience and, and helping them help you get there. Um, and so I think that regardless of whether it's small company or large company, I mean, the benefit of, of an Amazon or presumably a, a Google or another large company is there's... Um, there's just so much process around how to get things done and some really good people there. And so you kind of increase your opportunity of finding an awesome person to work for. But my number one piece of advice for sure is to find that one or you know one person in particular who's going to be the champion of your career at that particular organization. Um, and, you know, and really, you know, really work with that person and, you know, make sure that you're learning a lot along the way. Um, and I think that then no matter where you go, you'll have a good experience. Wow. Awesome. So after Amazon, you kind of switched gears a little bit. Um, so you worked for Morgan Stanley, which must have been a very different experience. So can you expand a little bit on your experience there and what traits um, do you need to be successful at a tech investment bank? Yes. So um, this was my reason for going to Wharton. Uh, and so got an, got an MBA, uh, then decided to go into investment banking. I think Biggest pro for me of investment banking was, um, you know, one really getting like finance training. It's it's everything from you know how to look through a company's financials to how to help a company position themselves for uh, a potential acquisition or uh, an IPO. And so I think because of where you sit, um, kind of working with companies of. Uh, across multiple sectors, you actually get a really broad understanding of technology. And so I think that that was a, a big pro. Um, I'd say the other thing is you're, you're super attention to detail. And so I think that is a skill that um, I would say can really serve you well you know, throughout your career and really life in general. Um, you know, just being detailed about kind of everything you do and making sure you're always putting your best foot forward, um, you know, whether it's a, a simple presentation or obviously a very detailed um, kind of math around an acquisition. But um, that was great. I'd say in terms of advice, um, I'd, you know, I think the biggest thing is having some you you want to make sure you have like an interest a technical interest in finance because it is pretty like an attention to detail um, right and very finance heavy mm-hmm. um but if you have an interest in technology too you actually get to learn a lot about like the different players and you think through who might you know one who might want to acquire a particular company and how one company should be positioned relative to another so you can also get a good industry understanding Cool. So let's focus on your role now. So you're at GGV Capital, where you're um, a VP focused on software companies. And so what's it like to work in venture? Um, Is it hard to find new opportunities? And how do you decide uh, which companies to invest in? There's nothing better than working venture, I think. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's pretty amazing. I probably meet over 200 companies a year, and it's amazing That's to incredible. sit with founders and you know hear their stories and their passions and their vision for the company and meet com- you know founders at all stages. Um, so everything from this, you know, they're it's just an idea and they still have everything to do to companies that are uh, you know already successfully executing and they've got customers and they built a product and they're working on hiring a team and so um, you know it's just. It's, it's really incredible to kind of hear those stories, pretty inspirational. Um, you know, and I'd say it's nice to be able to help. I mean, your goal is to help in, in many ways. So obviously one, providing capital for them to 
um, continue forward. But then two, I think for me, the most important piece is how can you also add value along the way? Um, and that this for me is most important, especially because of my early career experience. Like I really do like participating in company building to the extent that, um, you know, to the extent that it's helpful. And so, you know, sitting on boards, um, helping companies with hiring, making introductions to customers, things like that. So more than just uh, writing, you know, writing a check, like actually how can you help the company get to the next phase and help that founder build the vision you know, that they're hoping to build. Um, in terms of evaluating businesses, I'd say it's roughly, I think of it as like, uh, you know, kind of team, what is this team's idea? What is the founder's vision? Is this the right, uh, is this the right team to actually get that done? Um, you know, what is the company, what problem are they solving? How is their solution different? Um, you know, will, kind of how is that position, how is the company positioned um, in the market? And so what's the market opportunity? How big can it be? why now why is now the right time to do it um you know and thinking through a lot of the nitty-gritty around that stuff and coming to a, a decision around what's the risk and the reward for this investment um and you know do we think you know what are the risks involved could the opportunity big be if the team really gets it right um and then should we invest and at what price so i guess one final question i have for you is um what advice do you have for folks like me who are interested in pursuing a career in technology so I think biggest piece of advice is, um, you know, have a lot of conversations and meet a lot of different people uh, from, meet as many people as you can in, in the space and do a little, I would say also, I actually do a lot of reading myself. So I'd say probably if I had to think about how I split my time, it's probably rough estimate, like 50-50 in terms of external and internal. So 50% spending time like reading and thinking through how do, what do I think the world is gonna look like um, and you know whether it's for SMB tech, so technology that's helping small businesses, or what does the future of that look like, or um, you know how is AI actually, um, how is AI being applied to different uh, functions within a company or different verticals, and um, then spending the other fifty percent of time talking to founders and industry experts and getting their perspective, which then kind of feeds back into you know how I see the world. So I think just you know talk to as many people as you can and and figure out where your interests lie, um, and then you know figure out how to make that happen and, and pursue it. Because I think a lot of VC too, eh, tech and VC, um, you know, network is so important. And um, you know, figuring out, even if you don't know the answer, um, figuring out someone who can help you figure out the answer is, um, you know, it's just as important. Awesome. So Tiffany, on every episode, we do a quick fire round. So I'm going to ask you a few short questions and I just want you to respond with whatever pops into your head. First. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. So what is a book you would recommend for aspiring tech workers like me? Okay. Uh, I just read an incredible book by um, actually the one of the co-founders of Netflix, a guy named Mark oh, wow. Randolph. It's called, I think it was called That Will Never, or This Will Never Work, or That Will Never Work, one of those two. Um, and it actually talks about uh, kind of the the evolution of the idea of Netflix. So everything from Mark and Reed in their car commuting, talking about like all through different ideas before they landed on Netflix, um, and it, the entire journey of Netflix from day one of his company founding to what it is now, uh, and and you know all the challenges along the way. And so I think for anyone interested in either tech or VC, it's just interesting to see how ideas evolve. And, you know, building a company is hard and, and Mark kind of walks you through a lot of the difficulties and phases of the Netflix journey. Um, but obviously Netflix as we know it today is a massive company and, and awesome and they're changing everything that we watch. So thank you, Mark and Reed, for 
developing Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I really benefit from Netflix too. Um, So what's a piece of advice you would give to your teenage self? Um, I think biggest piece of advice that I would give to my teenage self is don't be shy. Um, So, you know, don't be afraid to ask really for anything. Um, You know, certainly ask for help or ask for introductions to someone else or, you know, really just kind of ask for people to help you figure out how to get closer to your goals. I think I probably was, I just really don't think that you can't um, underestimate the value of that other people can provide. And so I think just, you know, being bold is something I would say. Awesome. That that's great advice. Um, and finally, what's a hobby that you enjoy? Oh, so many hobbies. Um, my current hobby that that takes a lot of time is golf. Uh, <laughs> I am obsessed with golf. I'm also <laughs> creating a women's golf clothing line. Wow, um, that's awesome. Yeah, because there's no good women golf clothes. But um, no, it's really it's fun. I like being I like being outside. I like seeing all the pretty courses. And it's one of those things like you can never be perfect at it. There's so many things to learn. Right. And I just started playing eighteen months ago. So nice. <laughs> yes, I have still a lot of room for improvement. So that's that. I'd say is is one hobby. Um, And then uh, I also like running a lot. I think it helps clear the mind. Yes, I definitely agree. (laughs) Well, Tiffany, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.